How many want a touch from the Lord today? Didn't ask him. Say, Father, touch my life. I want to burn for you. Father, I want to burn for you. Say it today. Father, I want to burn for you. Father, I want you to move in my life. As we were singing that first song, the Lord put on my heart, then speak it. Uh, through each song, we were singing about a, Lord, I want to give you a thousand hallelujahs. Well, let's do that. Speak it with your mouth. Speak out and say, God, I want you. I want all of you. I want you to move upon me. The Lord wants to move upon us, and he's here today. And it's just simply us saying, Lord, I want you. Lord, I want you to burn in me. I want you to burn in my situations. As I look across the crowd today, and I was praying over some of them as the Lord put on my mind, but, but there's lots of people going through lots of things. And, and we're wanting the Lord to burn in those things. We're wanting the Lord to be involved in them and continue to ask him. Continue to invite him into your life. Uh, we got one watching online today because they're so weak that they can't get out of bed. And they're wanting Jesus to burn that sickness out and him to burn in them. And they've asked for our prayer today. But Father, we do come to you in Jesus' name today. And Father, we ask that you burn in our lives, Lord, that you move and, and have your way in each and every one of us. And Father, your way in us is to have a, a freedom from health issues. Father, you sent Jesus that by his stripes we may be healed. And so, Father, we claim healing over Paula today. Father, we claim healing over those that are battling sickness in our body today. We call upon you and let your refining fire come in and just refine their health in Jesus' name. Father, those that have lost loved ones and the, and the conflict and the things that come with that, Lord, we ask that you move across those situations. Father, that you pour your Holy Spirit out upon each and every family that's loved, lost loved ones lately. And Father, reassure them that, that you are God and you are in control and, and those that knew you are with you. But Father, refine us in all aspects of our life. Father, and maybe in struggling marriages or whatever Satan's attacking, Lord, we ask that, that you come in and, and move upon us and refine our hearts that we are reaching out to you first and then listening how you want to move upon our situation. But Father, we thank you for your love today, that you love us so much that you want to be a part of our lives, that you want to be a part of who we are. Father, that you want to walk each day with us hand in hand. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the spirit that is in here today that's breaking down strongholds. We thank you for the spirit in here that's casting out and driving away demonic attacks. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in this body today. We thank you for your love and your care for your children. And Father, we give you a thousand hallelujahs. Hallelujah to your name today. Say hallelujah to your name today. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you. We praise you today. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. And I don't say that in a condemning way, but I really felt the Lord spoke to me that if you need him to move in your life today, then speak that. Speak it. God, I need you to move in my life. 
I wanted to announce today because uh, we didn't have it in the bulletin, I don't believe, but, but Super Wednesday, we're going to be having um, Jerry, Jeremy Money speak, and Jeremy's back here. You want to wave your hand, Jeremy? And let's give the Lord praise for Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy's been coming to Oakland for quite a while now, and his wife, Billy, and we, their children, we're glad they're here, and the Lord put him on my heart to speak this Wednesday night. And he took on that challenge, so let's come out and support him. Again, want to welcome everybody uh, online, and thanks for joining us today. And again, you can follow along uh, in the sermon notes, and, and Amy did a little extra today. You got to fill in the blank today. And so anyway, on some of the sermon notes, and I thank Amy for doing all that, uh, want to praise the Lord for our children in the church today. Where do Rigdon's go? Where do you go at? Where's he at? He's out, he just went outside. That kid was boogieing up here on the first song we had today. He's over there getting it on. I thought, man, I wish Sean would do that a little bit, but, but he was getting into it today. But it's great to have our young ones in the house with us today and, and joining us here on the fifth, or the fifth Sunday. But again, today I wanted to talk about uh, continuing and walking in the Spirit. And, and, and today we're staying in that dominion theme that, that we need to take dominion over our Goliaths in our life. And we're going to talk about David and Goliath today. And how many of you young ones like to hear about David and Goliath? I, I like to hear about David and Goliath, so I guess I'm still a young one. But, but we need to recognize no matter how big the situation is in our life, that how big that Goliath is, that we have victory in Jesus' name. And the Lord really pressed it on my heart today that, that victory means again Victory is, is operating in the fruit of the Spirit. And we need to have victory in love. Are we able to love everybody? Are we able to, to walk in the Spirit of Christ in love? What about joy? Are we walking in the Spirit of Christ in joy? Man, these are maybe hard days and hard times, but, but are we walking in the love, the joy? What about peace? You know, we're talking about David today, and the very last point is David was at peace because he went to the Lord, and that's a fruit of the Spirit. What about patience? Some of us need a little bit of kindness. Some of us need a little bit of goodness or more goodness. Faithfulness, you know, gentleness, that self-control, but, but the Galatians talks about the fruit that, that is in us, that's in our spirit and, and we can walk in the victory of those things. So I don't care what's going on in your life today. It can be horrible, uh, but God does not cause, and the first blank today is suffering. This is the first point today is God does not cause your suffering. God wants you to walk in victory. God wants you to walk in the spirit and he wants you to, to walk in the giftings and the anointing. We talked about uh, last time I preached that God gave us spiritual gifts. These are, are, are warring gifts. Or these are spiritual weapons for us to fight the enemy with. And we need to grasp and get a hold of them. But God doesn't cause our suffering. If you read in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God was with man. God was with us. God walked with us. God was, was a part of us. And we see that in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. 
Then we see at the end of the book, if you jump down to Revelation, it says in 21.3 that after Christ comes back for the church, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. There will be no suffering in heaven. There is no suffering in Genesis 1 and 2. In other words, this in-between part where Adam and Eve allowed Satan and sin to introduce and, and come into the world, that's what brought suffering. And we need to recognize that suffering isn't from God. Suffering is from Satan and the sin and, and the, uh, the, the Satan, if you will, that we allow to move in our life. That's what causes the suffering. We see in the scripture here that, that, that the Lord even told us uh, to be sober-minded, to be watchful. For your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He wants to seek you out to help you suffer a little bit. If you want to suffer a little bit and have a Peter people or a, a, a what do they call that, a whiny session, if you will. Pity party, thank you. If you want to have a people pity party, that's a tongue twister. Uh, you can. Satan will oblige you. But he wants you to suffer. And in my devotion this week, it's like God's trying to tell me, you know, Satan wants you to suffer. If you want to, you can. But God wants you to walk in victory. God wants you to walk in the fruits of the Spirit and the gift and the power of the weapons to destroy the enemy. But in my devotion in Job, we're in Job, and I was like, oh, great, Job. Oh, Job's hard to get through. But, but it starts out when the Lord addresses Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth, from walking up and down. He was looking for somebody to, to cause suffering. And he wanted Job, if you will. And we see that, he, he, that Satan caused suffering upon Job's life. And if you go and read the story of Job, we see that Satan took his wife, killed his wife, killed his ten children. That's suffering. He took his friends, his farm, his possessions. He sent people to do this. People from Arabia, Arab, he sent in fire, lightning. He sent in other people, Chaldeans, and a great wind. Some say it's a tornado. But, but he allowed this suffering to, and moved this suffering in upon Job. And what did Job do? But he cried out to God. Because he realized that God is the one that gives us a victory. And we need to realize that suffering doesn't come from God, that God gives us a victory. Man, the, the fruit of the Spirit that I read to you in the beginning is in you. And, and, and only you are keeping yourself from operating in them. Only you can and let go and say, God, I need that joy. I need that peace. I need whatever. And it's in me, Lord. Bring it out. But point two, and fill in the blank, blank can be intimidating, but bondage and suffering can be intimidating. 
When we're going through a lot of suffering and, and it begins to cause bondage upon our life, it, it gets to be intimidating to where, man, God, are you there? God, can, can I even get through this? And we're suffering and we don't want to suffer, but, but it can be intimidating and make us not want to cry out to God. It makes us want to, to not cry out and say, Lord, give me that love. Give me that joy. Lord, I need long suffering. But sometimes these bonderings and the suffering get intimidating and we pull back. And that's where today I want to talk about David and Goliath. That's what was happening to Israel. Israel was in bondage. The, 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 the Philistines came in. And Goliath, this giant of a man we're going to talk about in a little bit, came into Judah, into their life, into their place, and began to cause them suffering. He came into their house. He came into their territory, and these armies were intimidating them. It says in 1 Samuel 17, and and guys, follow along and just open up 1 Samuel 17, because we're going to be in and out of it today. Uh, I wanted to read 1 Samuel 16 and 17 both, but it would have took 15 minutes. But you guys can read that. But, but 1 Samuel 17, 16 says, For 40 days the Philistine came forward and took his stand morning and evening. So this Goliath, this giant, this, this, this impossible thing that, that we cannot whip or overcome intimidated him 40 days and 40 nights. The word said in 1 Samuel 17, 11, that Israel was dismayed and afraid. Dismayed means they were distressed. Man, they were hurting. They were needing God to touch their life. How many is that today? How many of you today, man, God's put, you know, this, this deal going on in my life, Lord, this suffering from the enemy, and Father, I need your touch. That's where Israel was at. They were distressed. They were afraid. Verse 24 of 17 says, they were much afraid and they fled from fear. And boy, that to me is society today that the Goliaths are screaming loud today in our world and in our lives and, and they're intimidating and they're putting suffering on us and we're getting dismayed, distressed, and we're afraid and we're getting much afraid and to the point we want to flee from fear. I want you guys to think about what Israel was going through today. And I want to ask, uh, why don't one of you boys come up here? Um, Christina, Vance up here. He'll be a good one. Vance, come up here today. I want him to come up here, but this here will give you an idea of what Israel was dealing with. Can you hold this? Just stand right here and then put that on the floor. That way it's not so heavy to you. But look up there. See Goliath's name? He's the top one. That's how tall Goliath was. Think about that. Uh-huh. See, looking up. That can be intimidating, can it? That can be overwhelming. It can dismay us. It can cause us to be upset. But I'm going to read this. 1 Samuel 17, 4. And we're going to start 1 Samuel 17, 4. And a champion, get that, a champion, Goliath, went out from the camp of the Philistines from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Well, I measured it out. It's exactly uh, nine verses. Let's see where my hat here. What I got it up for nine feet, six inches. That's Goliath. Okay. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail. So his armor 
that, that this little shirt thing that you see when knights are wearing on TV, that was over him. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, 125 pounds. Think about that. This guy's wearing 125 pounds of metal shirt. This shirt maybe is five ounces. And he's wearing 125 pounds. And he had bronze armor on his leg and bronze and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the shaft of his spear was like a weaving beam, a rod eight feet nine or eight feet five inches, and his iron spearhead weighed six hundred shekels, fifteen pounds. And his shield bearer went before him. And so I, I made a point of having the shaft so the, the, the sword part would be just below Goliath. And that's how long the shaft was that Goliath, uh, Goliath carried. Now, to give you an idea on how big uh, the, this Goliath was, you chief fans, your offensive tackle, Orlando Brown, is six feet, eight inches. He's a big man. Think about that. And he weighs 300 and, I thought I wrote it down here, but I didn't, but he's a big boy. And then we got Amos. I don't watch wrestling, but I know a lot of you guys do. But, but Amos in wrestling is seven feet, three inches, 399 pounds. Rigdon, is that guy big or not? He's a big guy. And then this, uh, I don't know if it's Taco or Taco Falls. That plays for the, the Celtics. My boy likes the Celtics. But he's seven feet, six inches tall, 311 pounds. Now that there picture will give you an idea on how big Goliath was. And, and this guy doesn't weigh, I don't believe, half of what Goliath probably weighed. And then we, uh, the Robert Waldlow is eight feet, 11 inches, and he's the one in the Guinness Book of World's record. And, and anyway, he holds a record now. And so, good example, huh? All right, now, uh, I need another youth or children volunteer. Who we got in here? Come up here. Come on up here, bud. He, I'm been gentle with him. Oh, my, these Kansas City shirts that are in the house today. Can, can, can you take that shirt off? No, you can't. Well, that there, hold that. Okay. This here is uh, close to what the spearhead weighed, okay? So you got a spear that's not quite up to Wadlow, and, and the head of the spear weighed this much. Keep it out there. Hey, can you hold it out here? You strong? Can you do that? <laughs> oh, what? You can't do that? Oh, here, what about this way? Can you do this? Uh, 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 whoa, whoa. Man, you did pretty good, though. Yeah, are you tired yet? That's how much the spearhead of glass spear weighed. Woo. And then get this, his coat. We're going to pick on Pastor Joe. Come on up here, Pastor Joe. How many wants to pick on Pastor Joe? Huh? See that green thing over there? I want you to go get that and bring it over here. This is how much his shirt weighed. And, and Joe's only lifting 115 pounds, okay? That's how much. Uh, and I did clean it off, so if it gets dirt on your pants, blame Larry Compton. Uh, I want you to take that, Joe. There's a handle over here if that helps you. Can you just hold it out there like yes, that? Can, can you can, do something to show off for us? Can you? Yeah, okay, that's good. You can put it down. All right. I want you guys now to go do battle with Goliath. Huh? So you can see how that fear 
And intimidation kind of gets in there, can you not? And that's what they were going through. You guys can go ahead and put that down, except for Joe, he's got to hold the rest of the service. Yeah, give him a hand today. But you can kind of see how easy it is to get intimidated and to, to give in to suffering. When, when you look at that and, and it, you know, well, pastor just told me to pray or pastor just said to quote the scripture. And, and I'll be honest with you when, you, when when you guys come to me a lot of times and to be honest with you, when I'm dealing with stuff and, and nothing bothers me more when somebody said, okay, let's pray about it. I've been praying about it. I've been praying about it. But guys, it's that simple. We need to keep praying about it. We need to keep pressing into the Lord. We need to keep, keep quoting God's scripture because, guys, let me tell you something. I didn't get a chance to put it up there, but I meant to have God on the top because I don't care how big your Goliath is, God comes out on top. There's nothing that can destroy God. I was watching a show the other day, and it's about David and Goliath, and that show had a, such a bad misconception about who David was. And we'll get into that later. But God is the victory. And David recognized that. And, and when we've been talking about we need to recognize, we need to declare war, we need to enter, in this case, Goliath's house, and plunder him. In other words, take back what he's stolen from us. And so when you're thinking about this thing that may be intimidating you or, or making you suffer today, you need to continue to declare war enter into, into the house of the enemy and plunder him. And you do that through prayer and God's word. Go back and listen to a couple weeks ago sermon. But this is how David did it. Then David said to the Philistine, this is in 1 Samuel 17, 45. 1 Samuel 17, 45. You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. Do you guys notice that he spoke against the things that made us intimidated? He spoke against the very things that intimidated the people. Then he said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how much your, your weight is on, on your shirt. I don't care how big your spear is. I don't care how big your sword is. I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. That's taking victory, guys. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. So he declared war. Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. So he spoke the word over them. He spoke words and he prophesied it. And the Lord's burning another one. Boy, if anybody can get a hold of a sword, I want a sword next week. I tried to buy one online, but it won't get here in time. But, but the Lord showed me that that sword is huge. But, but anyhow, he spoke the word. And then verse 47, and that all, so that all the assembly may know the Lord says, not with a sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. And, and you know how the Lord saves? You know how the Lord moves in our life when we praise and worship him? Earlier, when, when we get quiet in between the songs, 
we, we want to shout, but we're kind of scared to, that's when we need to be praising God. When, when, you, when the world's telling you to keep your mouth shut, that's when you need to be praising God. And then he plundered the enemy. We see in 1 Samuel 17, 53, and the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines and they plundered their camp. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. That's pretty powerful. So the things that intimidated Israel, the armor, he put in the tent. But he took the head of the Philistine to Saul, the king. So we see here that David took authority over a situation. And that's what we need to do as believers. When, when pain and suffering and, and the enemy comes in, we need to address it and speak it and, and, and go to the Lord. And, and I took it out of the notes, but sometimes you need each other. That's why we have the prayer teams and the altar teams. And that's why we allow you to come and pray with somebody because sometimes you need the brother and you need the Davids to, to stand with you when you're not strong enough. And David went in and stood for his people when they weren't strong enough. And his strength caused them to get strength, and they all plundered the enemy. But we need to press into the Lord. Five smooth stones, another tongue twister. I'm going to have to say these out loud before I preach. But five smooth stones. 1 Samuel 17, 40. Then he took his staff in his hand... 1 Samuel 17, 40. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. And the reason I bring that up today is that, that, that there's many ideas out there on what these five stones that, that, that David used to defeat the enemy, what they represent. And, and anyway, I, just from reading different things, uh, I kind of put some together for myself and some that I think will help us as a church today. But as you think about that, there's five stones that David took in his pouch. Now, I want you to think about it. When David used that slingshot to kill the enemy, he only used one of the five stones. Think about that. I may preach on it next week, but another idea on the five stones is, is that the Lord was letting David know that he needed to carry him with him the rest of his life. David was just starting out. He wasn't even king yet. And he was just starting out. And I believe the five stones represented five more Goliaths that David would encounter. We don't realize it, but if you go to 2 Samuel, if I can find it here, I skipped or I wasn't planning on putting this in, but I think I've got it here. But, um, but 2 Samuel talks about that, that um, I don't think I put it in my notes. But it talked about in the end of Second Samuel there how David had killed five Goliaths, which were their total, meaning Goliath, and four of his brothers. And I'll get you that scripture next week or put it online. Sorry? 23.8? But anyhow, it's, it, but, but there was five or four other giants that David had to deal with throughout his lifetime. One of them had six fingers on one hand. Yeah, that was pretty funny, wasn't it? <laughs> that's not a finger, that's a wart. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but God is trying to tell him, 
take me here from now on. That five stones could have represented that, that you'll encounter other Goliaths in your life and you need to remember what I've done for you this day. But the first stone that I believe that, that David uh, represented here was David's heart. And he had a heart for God. And 1 Samuel 16, 7 said, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on his height uh, of his nature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not a man as a man sees. Man looks on an outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so the Lord looked on a heart of David. And again, it didn't matter about the age. It didn't matter. Do you guys realize that it said that, that David was ruddy and beautiful uh, and had beautiful blue eyes and was handsome? Well, ruddy there means or, or is having a red color. He was healthy. So he was healthy. He was, he was beautiful and he had blue eyes. He was handsome. And, and he was, in the case of when the anointing came, if you read and study on that, they think he was from 10 years old to 15. Think about that. When, when God moved upon him, this kid had a heart for God at 10 to 15 years old. They say that when he defeated Goliath, that he was 16 to 19 years old. But he was able to do it because he had a heart for God. All commentaries agree that he was a teenager, definitely is what most of them say, he's a teenager. But he had a heart for God. And, and guys, we need to have a heart for God and, and seek God in everything. That's how you win the victory. That's how you beat the Goliath is just having a heart for God and loving him more than anything. Um, got a little stone here. Uh, this stone was one that when I go overseas, I like to pick up shells or stones or different things that are cheap and things you can bring back. But this smooth stone I picked up in Albania, it had a cross in the stone in the, the way it was created. And, and I wanted to give this to somebody today and, and as a reminder that God is uh, with you. There you go, young man. That's a stone. See the cross in there? And the Lord is with us. And, and we need to take him to heart. We need to have a heart after the Lord. And, and, and that's what David did do. We need to have a heart for the Lord. The second thing is David had a blank. If you're taking notes or following along on the app, but, but David had a passion for God. And this one here probably burns on me the most because David fought Goliath because he's sick of what the enemy's doing. He was concerned about the honor and reputation of the Lord God of Israel. And I think we need to get a little bit of that. We let this world run over us. We let people say things and do things about our God and don't say a word. And, and we need to get a hold that David had a passionate concern for the honor and reputation of the Lord God of Israel. Man, do we have that? 1 Samuel 17, 26, And David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for this man who kills the Philistines and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? It offended David. The, the words of the world offended David. The, 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 the words spoken over the people of God offended David. The way the enemy was talking about God offended David. 
And David wanted to know, everyone to know that there was a God of Israel that was over all things. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut your head off. Are we like that today? 2 Samuel 21 is where that's at, guys, on the five brothers or four other brothers. But David wanted all the world to know that there was a God of Israel. Do we want all the world to know that there's a God of America? There's a God of America that does fight for us today. Stone three was David had blank in the Lord's power and strength. He had confidence. David had grown in his confidence. 1 Samuel 17, 37, when David was sharing that, hey, you know, your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Again, he had a heart for God. He honored God and anybody disrespected God, he stood against. And he had confidence in the, in the Lord to defeat the enemy. And as we press into the Lord and allow him to overcome situations in our life, we will gain more confidence. As we allow God to do things in our life, we'll remember that day that, hey, God did this. The fourth thing, David trusted not in himself, but in God to achieve victory. So David, the blank was, trusted not in himself, but in God to achieve the victory. 1 Samuel 17, 37, Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Guys, Saul's the one that needed to be going. But Saul didn't have the confidence. Probably because he didn't have a heart from the Lord like he should. And probably because he didn't honor and respect God like he should. But David trusted in the Lord. And then last, David had the blank of the Lord. David had the spirit of the Lord. 1 Samuel 16, 13, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Guys, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive a portion of the Holy Spirit. But I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, 4, that whooshes upon us and that never leaves us. That same Spirit that resides in Jesus resides in us. That same spirit that David was walking in resides in us. We have that power and authority in Jesus' name. We see that David would need that spirit from that day forward. And I'm finding here in 2 Samuel, these four were descendants from the giants in Gath, and they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of the servants. 2 Samuel 21, 20 and uh, 20, verse 1. But God gave David the weapons necessary to defeat the devil. He gave him five stones to defeat the four other giants that would come down his life, in his life. And I remind you of two weeks ago, Isaiah 54, 16. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire. And I believe that smith's the Holy Spirit. He blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. 
God has a weapon for every purpose. God has given you a weapon for every need that you have to defeat the enemy. I have also created the ravenger to destroy. And that's the Holy Spirit and the angels to go before us. Then he says, verse 17 of Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord and their vindication for me, declares the Lord. That's your heritage. Your heritage, the spirit of God is in you and he's provided you whatever you need to be successful in your life. We need to praise his name. We need to shout a hallelujah. I shared with you a couple weeks ago from 1 Corinthians 12 that the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just the nine power gifts, and how the, the, so many times we use this to, to dilly-dad around with things that, that, that are good, maybe. But guys, these are weapons also. Just think here, David had the weapon of wisdom to fight against the enemy. David had knowledge. The Lord showed him that there's going to be four other Goliaths in your life. And remember the stone, I'm, I'm wanting to pounce all over next week uh, because it, the Lord reaffirms these things with David later on in his life. David had faith because, again, he started with the lions and then the bears, and this faith began to get supernatural where this unbelievable giant had no authority in his life, a teenager. And through a prophet, Samuel, he was anointed king. He was prophesied over. We see the spiritual gifts at work in his life that told him that from this day forward, the spirit rushed upon you. That's been prophesied over you. David distinguished between the spirits and perform miracles that brought healing to his people. Goliath was a miracle, and it brought healing to his people. So in closing today, if the praise team will come forward, David was at peace with God because he had a heart, a passion, a confidence, a trust, And the Spirit of God rushed through him. So today, recognize that God doesn't cause you suffering. God wants to deliver you from suffering. God wants to be your healer. He sent his Son to be your healer, to set the oppressed free, the captive free, that the blind would see, that the sick would be healed. But we need to recognize and declare war. We need to enter Goliath's house, take back what he stole from us, plunder him, plunder the enemy. I had a deal I downloaded of the things that our children were going through and when I looked up specifically children that, that are with us in here today that normally are in children's church, and, and I'm not going to get into all that today, but our children are going through great things. Our youth are going through great things, great suffering. 
And we have the power and authority to do something about it. We have the power and authority first to accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then go to war. Recognizing that God is God. Man, do you, do you just want to fight for God because you honor him? Because you have a heart for him. Heart for him more than anything else. A heart that when somebody says the Lord's name in vain, that it offends you. Instead of makes you want to be like them. A heart to be holy. A heart to live and be Christ-like for these kids to give them a Christ in their life. Give them something to hold on to. Point them to Jesus. But our children, our youth, and people sitting around you, they need you. I need you. We need each other. But we need to recognize who Jesus is and declare war together and take back this land for him. Amen? Stand to your feet today. If you got something you're battling, well, first off, you're not saved, come to these altars. But if you got something you're battling in your life, come to these altars and declare war. If you need prayer from the pastors, Joe and Heather will be up here. I'll be up here with Karen. Uh, Giselle, come up if you, I guess Kyle's playing, but you can grab somebody if we need more. But let's pray today. Let's pray today. Father, we ask that you move upon each life in this room today. And Father, we just ask that they would recognize the enemy and recognize you as the Savior. And Father, take control of all things in our life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You're not bad for feeling that way. Guys, I do the same thing. I use this same thing in my own life. I have to fight and take authority over things in my own life. And did just before the service today, did we not? If you're suffering, come up here and let's get delivered today.